I want us today to pick up, we'll, we'll come back to uh, this gal, her name is Mary. We'll, we'll pick this up a little bit later, but I want to just talk about memorial. And the first thing we're going to do is uh, remember our fallen heroes. For my comrades who have fallen, for those who have gone before, for my country that was lifted on their shoulders in every war, if I have one request, yes, just one I ask of you, it's that you stand with me now, stand remember and renew. Stand with those that are now serving. Remember the soldiers of the past. Renew your commitment to freedom for they have died to make it last. Every battle has its reasons, though they may not always be clear. And I can state that boldly, even through my tears. Too many soldiers have fallen in the battles, sieges, and fights. I will not forget them today. I will remember them all through the night. Lester L. Aerosmith, Colonel, United States Air Force. I had one of those childhoods that I'm able to remember my second birthday party. We lived in Lawton, Oklahoma. Some of you have served on the Army Post nearby, Fort Sill. The war, for those of us who are older, 
was in progress. And I remember those little gals that were probably 18, 19, maybe some of them 20 years old, that were in our church and their husbands or their sweethearts were away. One of those gals came back into our life after we came to Kansas City. Her husband never returned. It was kind of a tie-in with our congregation in Duncan, Oklahoma, where we served for 10 years before coming here. Duncan is 35 miles from Lawton. The parents of this soldier were in our church in Duncan, the one that didn't come back from the war. It gives you a little bit different feel to, to see your dad, who is kind of the ultimate macho man. And it was really hard for him to stay and pastor a church. He really wanted to go help in the war. And that spirit has been with us for a long time. Decoration Day started in 1866 in a little upstate New York town. And a couple years later, it became a general order in several communities and, and later became Memorial Day as the in 1977 was declared the last Monday in May. And so we, we stand today as the general said on the video a moment ago, we stand on the shoulders of these people who have gone away from us. Many, many of them came back. Thank God, many of you, we'd miss you a lot today if you hadn't come back. Many did not come back. And I want us today to just have a sense of gratitude and openness to this sacrifice. Keep in your mind the cost that it is to these people. Even the young ones could probably make more money somewhere else because they don't pay you anything in the army. I'm told I never was there. But I, I'm just grateful for those of you who have served, those of you who are serving. And I wonder if you would, in the middle of this sermon, help me make my point number one by just standing. If you're a veteran or you're in the service now, and in any of the services, would you just please stand? And just remain standing for a moment, please. Now, I want you to look around, church, and these people have paid us something, and I'm not sure they owed it. I'm, I'm quite sure we're not worthy. Thank God the kingdom of God does not operate on our worth, and so much of what these people, these men and women have done doesn't relate to our worth. 
And before God, I'd like for us to just raise an ovation of gratitude to these. God bless you. Thank you so much. deeply indebted to you. Number two, I want us to remember this gal in Bethany. Jesus himself created this memory for, of her and this memorial that uh, he gave to her, she did for him that which he picked up, honored and raised to the level. Mary, it seems like, is always at the feet of Jesus and is always in trouble. You remember the story of Martha and Mary um, in trouble with Martha. You remember when her brother had died four days earlier and Jesus came to town and she got up and the, the mourners thought she should be going to the Gravesite. Instead, she went, guess where? To the feet of Jesus. And now, here is this gal at Jesus' feet, pouring perfume on his body. And these shallow hypocrites saying, what a waste. And I want you to know that there are people who think that when you raise your voice and your heart to the Lord in worship and when you, give your, you pour yourself out to Jesus and to his work, that, that you're really, a, it's a waste. You could just be putting that energy or money or whatever is at issue somewhere else. But Jesus said, this gal is going to remember and so be remembered. And so here we are this Sunday talking about this gal and she's really pretty obscure we know she was in a family we don't know much about the family mom and dad apparently are dead there's a brother and the two sisters the brother died we the, i just told you the whole story that's what we know but she is remembered forever generation after generation because of what she did for Jesus. Don't forget when you go out after the service to stop by and see if the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart about doing something for him by doing something for little people or middle-sized people or old people or the rest of us people, wherever we fit in this. Because it has to do with not your salvation, you're saved by the grace of God through faith. The next line in that Ephesians 2 is saved to do good works. Don't forget why you were saved. Not how. Don't forget that either. But don't forget why you were saved. So we remember our fallen heroes and our heroes of today. And we will have a... a uh, a full service in honor of you all and all those whom you may be able to bring um, next month, June 20, 28, as Barry mentioned.
And we remember Mary of Bethany. Now I want to talk to you about the memorial that you leave. We need to be positioning ourselves to leave a memorial. Mom and Dad saved money, and uh, it got the blessing of the high interest rates 25, 30 years ago, whenever that was. And um, so they thought they were well fixed as far as being able to live. Uh, there's a lot of difference between 10 and 12 percent interest and 2 percent, you know. And uh, the other day, oh, some months ago, Dad said, if I'd known I was going to live this long, I'd have saved more money. And uh, he, he really, really, really wants to leave a few bucks to his sons. Now, he's having to dip into the principle, and it just kills him. And that kind of a that kind of an attitude needs to kind of get over into us when we're talking about the kind of character that we portray, that we just carry as who we are and that which we give away to those nearest us and those not so near us. There is a beautiful picture. And when we start talking about memorial and Memorial Day, it's easy to switch over to the book of Revelation where two places it shows us a memorial before God in gold bowls. The, the contents of these bowls are identified as the prayers of the saints. God sees it as incense, perfume, whatever you like, that is it's called aromatherapy, okay? This is God's aromatherapy and the prayers that you have prayed for lost family members. And today I especially want to deal with lost children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, all those prayers are carefully kept. Don't stop praying them. Add to them. Add to them. And it may be that after your demise, those prayers will be answered, but they're there, and they are safe. If you've put them there, and God loves them, He loves the way they smell. It's amazing that we can position ourselves in this way. Now, you know that if I start talking about how we need to position us, that I am eventually going to end up in John 13. And here is the picture of the basin and the towel and the suit coat off and Jesus washing his disciples' feet. Make no mistake, dear one, this is the one who was born of a virgin. This is the one who never, ever once committed a sin. He was angry and in his anger did not sin.
pure, as pure as God. And of course, he is God, but that's not in evidence. They, they think he's a man because he was a man. Fully man, fully God, you figure it. I, if you get it figured out, share it with me. I'm interested in that explanation. It's just a miracle. God did it because he intended to help us move into fellowship with himself. By the way, let me, let me put a parenthesis in here. This past Tuesday, as I told you, I went with uh, several hundred people to uh, Kahalath Synagogue over just uh, west of uh, Metcalf, just off 103rd. And we, we had a, a service wherein we acknowledged the sins that the church, the Christian, in quotes, let's put that in quotes, please, have committed against the Jewish people through the centuries. And, and of course, the Jewish people were absolutely thrilled, and they were so kind. And, and I told you about that contribution uh, that was sent to our church because of my participation in that service. And the fact is that when that... Um, I, I got this note, this handwritten note from this gentleman... And I thought, you know, he's going to be at that thing. I'm going to, i got to meet him. So we're having this reception afterwards. And, and so everybody's in their little groups. And, you know, there are a few people around I was greeting. And, but I couldn't see anyone who I thought might really know who this person is. And so I just wander off across kind of to the other end of the serving line. And it's... This little guy that looks like Mr. Milk Toast walks up to me, and he's the man who wrote me the personal note, introduced himself to me. Now, I was looking for him, and so I got to, I got to thank him in person. Uh, I, I think probably my, my thank you note was still in the mail when, when I met him, but it was, it was so neat, and I thought, well, Holy Spirit, hello. You know, I'm surprised at this, maybe. But uh, our God is that way. Now... One of the things that we talked about in that service was deicide, killers of God, Christ killers. And in 1 Thessalonians, there is that line that says, they killed him. Talking about the Jews. And of course, it's true. They did. So did the Romans. On a broader sense, so did you. You know that. You have committed deicide. It was because of you and your sins that Jesus died. But let's not stop yet because there is one more step to which we may extrapolate this, and it is this. God the Father offered the Son. What is the golden text of the Scripture? For God so loved the world that He gave, and the Father put to death His Son so that you could be saved. You had no possibility of having eternal fellowship with God Almighty. You know your heart. You could stand. I'm glad we're talking about you, not me. You could stand in the presence of Almighty God, who is total purity and fellowship. 
If you're not getting the point, I can use me and make it very clearly because I know how my heart is described in the prophet who says, the heart is deceitfully wicked. And mine's not any worse than yours. I used to think it was, but finally read the scripture again, and we just all kind of fit there together. They say the ground is level at the foot of the cross. That's because everyone is damned to eternal separation from God, except God offered his son. And if you want to see the picture, you can read it in the book of Genesis where Abram, the picture of God Almighty, took his son and offered him. And although God in his mercy kept that boy from actually dying, the scripture says in Hebrews 11, by faith Abraham offered, past tense, dear one, completed action in the past is the definition of past tense, offered to God his son. And so this is the picture of God offering his son to himself for our sins. If you're not walking with God, I want you to know that the door is wide open. And if you're, if you're pretty mean, all the better. All the better. If you're really, really good, it's really, really hard for you to say, I am really, really in need. Did you really, really get that? But dear one, if you can acknowledge how deceitful and how wicked your heart really, really is, then you can see the value of what God has done. And so I open that door to you, and in a moment we're going we're to offer you an invitation to, to accept the offer of God and open your heart and Jesus will come in. Washing feet now is the way we prepare ourselves to leave a legacy. Or if you like it another way, if you get tired of foot washing, let's go over to Matthew, the 20th chapter, where mommy, <laughs> I love it, it's wonderful. Mommy comes, James and John's mommy comes and puts the touch on Jesus about her baby boys and says, would you please give your assurance to me that they'll get the two top spots in the kingdom? Uh, now, I would, I would accuse her of being an interfering and overprotective and a meddling mom, except I'll bet you a nickel they were put up, she was put up to it by her sons. And so, I, I, you know, I don't want to even go there. And Jesus then said, um, you know, that's really not mine to give. You, you will drink the cup. That was the question, and, and you will do that. But um, I can't give you that because it's, it's going to be for someone else. And when the ten, that's the other disciples, heard this, they were indignant with the two brothers. On the basis of that, Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Okay, we're talking about legacy here. We're talking about a memorial. Instead, 
whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Did you ever see people in any kind of a political situation, no, no matter what the setting, and they were jockeying for position? Reminds us of the disciples, doesn't it? Or of us, whichever one you like. Now, this jockeying for position is totally, well, it may not be totally out of the flesh. It's out of the flesh. It may also be a little bit demonic, so I better take away that totally. It may have a little anointing from a little two-bit demon. I hope you took offense at that. We're jockeying for position. We've got to be first, or at least high. Now, I remember when, after a few years I'd been here in this city and in this part of, of the Assemblies of God of Southern Missouri, and Southern Missouri in the Assemblies of God parlance is all of Missouri south of the Missouri River. So, in the Kansas City section, I was made assistant presbyter. Well, I wasn't seeking that, but after I got it, I wanted it because I kind of got to know what was going on and didn't have to do anything except just go to some meetings and help out occasionally. Not a big deal. I can carry that kind of load. Now, when they put me in as presbyter, if, I, if I'd have been a depressive, I'd have wanted to die. I didn't want to die, I just wanted to run. I just didn't want the job. It was like, you dummy, you let your name run. I was sitting beside the incumbent presbyter, my best friend among my colleagues in the section. We were sitting there, and 16 ballots later, I'm the presbyter, and we put him in as assistant presbyter. And it's like, this is awful. You know I, how hard I teach, praise God for bad things. You who are around here all the time kind of dread it when you, know, when you get in trouble because I'm going to say, well, I'll give you something to praise God for. <laughs> it took me two weeks to pray that through to where I could praise God for it. I try to practice that, and I do, unless, unless you just made me presbyter and I didn't want it. And then I try, and I eventually get there. It took me two weeks. Well... You see, I don't, I don't know what it is to jockey for a position because I don't want this position. And so they, they put me in, and then I got another rude shock. This is kind of an aside. I loved it. Not the power. I loved being on what was going on. And if I thought the assistant presbyter was in on it, the presbyter was in on it, and so forth. But I don't have that political deal to seek these offices. That's just it's like, you know, I've got the office I want, and it is to, to be an under-shepherd for the people of God right where I serve. They pay me to be there. It's wonderful. So why would I want something else? But you see, that is coming to terms with who I am and the way God has gifted me and and what is important in my life and how important you are in my life and so forth. It doesn't have to do with this jockeying for position. When we, during the last presidential election, the phrase that you hear every presidential campaign, why would anybody want that job, was heard over and over again. I don't know. I think the fact that they want it should disqualify them 
for being it because it makes them look demented. You know, how could you want that? Because you can't win. You know, and so it's like, whatever. I mean, you can win the, the election, but the winning stops right about then. Uh, maybe it's the retirement thing they want. I can put up with this for four years for that retirement. I don't know, you know. I, I don't know why, but this jockeying for position is hard for me to identify with, but it's a real deal in the world, and those of you who work in an office where there's a lot of office politics know exactly what I'm talking about. You want to be the great one among us here? You want to be the great one at the office? You don't want to hear that, do you? But friends, that will leave a legacy. That will leave a legacy. What would it be like, students, to, um, to try to help people out instead of trying to be the most popular or at least hang out with the popular people? What would it be like to, to make their load lighter, to just help them? That's pretty scary. Think about it. Just think about that. And dear ones, when we are positioning ourselves to be well remembered, we need to remember dirty feet, the bowl, and the towel. We remember, we need to remember servant of all, the leader is the slave. Now we always shout like this. If you're new among us, we always shout like this when I preach like this. We always shout like this, whatever I preach. But anyway. Um, it gets really quiet because, dear one, this will make a difference and it has to cost our flesh because if our flesh flourishes and thrives, our flesh meaning the negative side of our humanity, if it grows stronger, it will take us out of doing the will of God. It will take us out of foot washing. It will take us out of being the servant of all. When you pray for me and the rest of the pastors, you pray that God will help us to remember who we are. We are the head foot washers, and you're right behind us. And we need your prayer so that we can do that well because it's not always easy. Now, some of you have heard these kinds of sermons for years. And there is something that keeps you from just breaking through and grasping that kind of simple victory and putting yourself as a servant. A lot of times it has to do with the pride and so forth that I often project upon us when, when I'm preaching like this. It may have to do with what I want to have as my, my fourth point. Many of you were abused in one way or another last year, last week, last year, or way back in your childhood. And this pain will keep you sometimes from the breakthroughs. I have watched people who have come to our church for a long time and they never get free in worship. And maybe they just think the music's too loud or they don't like 
the music leader's looks or whatever. But they never get beyond this body language when the rest of us are really just trying to get with it and some of you are doing your little jigs and whatever you do. They never get beyond this and I, I worry about them. Because this in the middle of worship may mean more than I want it to mean. It may mean what I suspect it means, and that is, I am not free. I either don't like this, or I'm not worthy, and I just need to kind of protect myself here while this bunch does their craziness. Now, you don't have to uncross your arms for me. Good grief. Who am I? But if your heart is crossed like that, the Lord deserves better. That was a good point. That was worth the whole trip. He is worthy of better than this on the inside. Do, do whatever you have to do on the outside. Well, within reason. Uh, <laughs> won't go there. Do whatever you think is appropriate and you can get by with doing on the outside as far as... But get that heart open to God. Get that heart open to God. He is the one that gave his son. The Jews didn't really kill Jesus. The Romans didn't really kill Jesus. You didn't really kill him. The Father killed him so you could live. He loves his son so much, said another way, that he was willing to give him in death so that he could have many more just like him. And when it comes to the Father's uh, worship, when it comes to the relationship with the Father, Jesus is not like this. On the inside I don't know what he looks like on the outside but he'll look like this on the inside because he is open he is one with the father he is full of the father and I want that for you dear one and that's the will of God now we are going to have a prayer time this morning and what I want us to do is this if you had some unfortunate experience last week, last month, last year that shut you down. I want you to get ready for the Holy Spirit to reach in there and just help you unfold that whole deal. Wow. I've seen him do it. I've seen him do it. One time I was sitting on the platform right after the sermon and there was one of our gals walked up to me and sat down and she said you know what this this day is and I said no she said it was two years ago today that you prayed for me and I have not been depressed an hour since now the story is that before she was five years old she started going into extended periods of serious depression and if she hadn't been so tough she'd have killed herself along the way and we've had prayer for her finally and God healed some memories in her and she she I know her to this day she has not depressed I mean it's like God can do that <laughs> you bet he can do that he can do that with just this or in that, in that case we took an hour or so and and did some prayer about various memories and did some stuff that we call healing of the memories and God delivered her that day and two years later I hadn't had a testimony from her and she gave me that testimony that'll make you want to do healing the memories a lot folks let me tell you 
because God is able to do what needs to be done in your life. And if it was the trauma of a death, we have had so many deaths related to you all. In, in the past year, it's, it's amazing to me how many of you come to this Memorial Day, and this is the first Memorial Day since your loved one died, and it's got to, it's got to give you pause. And it, you may shed some tears, and if you do, just cry all you want to because you've had a death in the family. It's okay to cry. But listen, dear one, the pain, the weight, the heaviness that just comes and stays, no, you don't have to do that. You don't have to do that because God will deliver. And you, you'll have those moments when you just cloud up and rain. I remember after my mom died, it was almost one year to the day Dad was in the service. I think I told you about this the other day. I was saying, Dad's here because of blah, blah, blah. There was a memorial deal connected with general counsel when we had it downtown in 2001. She died in August of 2000. And as I was saying that, I just went, boop. And then here it was. I didn't see that coming. But it's okay because my mom died, okay? But I don't live like that. Hallelujah. I don't live under that cloud. And I, I got some pictures from a cousin. <laughs> Opened them yesterday. Mom's there. Cry again. But I don't live under that. I don't live under that. And you don't have to. And if you would like to just be free, I want to offer prayer in just a moment. And as a matter of fact, we're just going to stay and lay hands on you. And ask God for that if you need it. So get, get your heart ready for that. And before we do that, if you're not ready to meet God, there's some question about if you should die today, about how you would stand before God. See, you don't stand there because of your good works. You stand there because of Jesus became a substitute for your rebellion, sin, all of the bad stuff you've ever done. And the Father took that and put it into Jesus. If you think your sin is not very important, you look at the cross. It is awful. Your sin is awful. But you don't have to die for it because it's already been died for. Okay? Get the message. Don't die for stuff that's already been died for. Hallelujah. And that's the door we open to you today. Straight in the presence of God. Would you bow your heads, please? If you're not right with God, would you just raise your hand? You don't need to say anything. This is not about some kind of embarrassment. This is about opening the door to eternal life. And we can do that with the help of God for you. And you can leave this place brand new on the inside. Just raise your hand. You don't need to say anything. Just put up your hand. Would you just keep your heads bowed? I want to say just this word to you. I did not see a hand raised. I did not see anyone respond. Let me say this. You don't have to do this here. If you will humble yourself and just open your heart this afternoon, God will respond to you. You know how to get God's attention? Humble yourself. When you say, God, I, I, I'm wrong, I'm lost, I've been doing everything wrong, and I'm really sorry, boy, do you have his attention. He comes to those kind of people. 
that's the way to command the attention of Almighty God is to humble yourself and so we hold you in that place of openness to God may God bless you with that before this day is over come to know Jesus and now I'd like for I'd like for those of you who are not really satisfied with your ability to leave you can just look up here at me your ability to uh, leave the kind of legacy to, to establish a memorial of the quality that you want because you find yourself when you get close to someone you stick them or you're afraid they're going to stick you and you run away maybe you're so tough and brave you don't run you just guard yourself you fit in this whether it was caused by some awful unthinkable abuse sexually physically emotionally or whether it was some trauma that happened to you last week you're being affected and you want freedom you know this is a good place to walk through the prison doors straight out into the open air this is a good place for that would you stand with me please I'm going to ask our pastors and spouses and our prayer teams to come if you just step out now and come and prepare to pray and if you need prayer and if it's for something else that you need prayer please come we, we offer ourselves to to help you but I, I want you this Memorial Day to position yourself to leave a better memorial. And prayer may be the way to get there. Will you just come and pray? God bless you as you just step out.